actually there's a way to stop the noise. There's noise in the back. It's good? You see me clear? Make sure they don't make noise there. If there's going to be noise in the house, it's going to ruin the video. Good evening, everyone. I'm glad to be here tonight here in Encino with you. Torah Chaim. Beautiful place of Torah and Kedusha. Baruch Hashem. Tonight I have another lecture in Netzach Synagogue at 8 p.m. So if you have uh, strength to hear two lectures in one day, be my guest. You know, sometimes a person comes to a lecture, he sits there an hour, sometimes more, he doesn't understand a lot. Now people sometimes come to the shul, they have a shul gemara, they sit there for half an hour, they don't understand anything. You see, uh, other people understand, but they don't understand anything. You ask them an hour later when they go home, how was the shul? It was beautiful, great, no, tell us, what did you learn? Ah, not now. <laughs> Why? They don't understand. Sometimes people understand, but then an hour later they anyway forget. That's why I say, what's the most important thing for a speaker to do in his lecture? Anyway, the next day no one will remember anything of what the speaker spoke. This is the generation we live in. The brain is messed up. Totally messed up. We don't remember telephone number of our children even. If your phone is battery dead, you're done. You don't know your home address. <laughs> it's in my ways, you know, I, I click home. So this is, a, this is a generation that the brains are messed up, they're not so focused. So even if he, he understands the shiur, anyway tomorrow he doesn't remember it. So what the speaker has to do to make sure that in the lecture there will be a few moments that shakes the heart, that people get scared, scared of Hashem. It's a very big thing to be scared of God, not like some fool say, ah, that's not the right way. Every genius already knows. That's the best way in this generation. In this generation, that's the best way. How do I know? How do I know that it's the best way? The Rambam. Rambam in Ilchot Shuva. Rambam in Ilchot Shuva, chapter 10. Chapter 10, the Rambam speak about uh, how do you make people follow Hashem? How do you make them follow Hashem? How do you make them? The Rambam gives an example right here. A person should not say, I'm learning Torah and get myself busy with the wisdom of the Torah that I should get all the blessings that are written in the Torah or that I should inherit my share to the world to come. I will stop committing sins because I'm 
because of the warnings that the Torah gave, because I want to get saved from all the curses that are written in the Torah, or I don't want to be cut permanently from the afterlife. So if somebody asks him, Moshe, why you keep mitzvot? I want olam haba. I want good life. I want health. I want parnasa. I want to find shiduch. Good or not? Bad, not good. Moshe, why you stop being Mechalel Shabbat? I'm afraid to be cut for, from the afterlife. Mechalel Shabbat, mot yumad, v'nichreta nefeshai, it's written. I don't want Hashem to cut me forever. That's why I keep Shabbat. If it was up to me, I would drive to the beach. But now when I know if I drive to the beach, what will be my end? I stop being Mechalel Shabbat. So why you not uh, anymore a Rasha? Because I'm afraid of Hashem. I'm afraid that Hashem will cut me from the afterlife. Or Chas V'Shalom will give me cancer. I don't want it. I don't want problems. I don't want to be in jail. I don't want to be in a hospital. I don't want to lose all my parnasah. I don't want to lose my children. I don't want. A lot of problems that are already in the world. I don't want to be one of them. True, good or bad? Also bad. I'm reading to you the words of the Rambam, but don't worry. There's a happy end to it. <laughs> I see that you start getting nervous. <laughs> don't worry. There's a happy end to it. Calm down. En raui la'avod et Hashem al derech zeh. That's not the best way to serve Hashem. Why I'm religious? Not because I'm crazy about you, I love you, I can't live a second without you, I appreciate you, I, I admire you. No. Why I'm religious? I want olam haba. I want to make few millions in a business. I want to be healthy. I want to get a good shiduch. I want to have children. Why you don't commit sins? I don't want to go to hell. Or kafakela. Or to come back in a gilgul of a mosquito. I don't want this. Because someone that serves Hashem in this way, Oved Mira, he serves Hashem out of fear. That's not the level of the holy prophets. And that's not the level of the big rabbis. And Translation. Who serve Hashem in this way? Reward and punishment, fear from losing Olam Abba, fear from being cut, fear from being sick, fear from losing my money, fear from not getting married. Who does this in this way? Three categories of people. Women, no offense, children, and and ignorant people. Basically, 99.9999999% of the people in the world. That's why I told you it's a happy end. We all are me'aratzot. So women are me'aratzot, children are me'aratzot, and adults are me'aratzot. Anyone here can raise his hand and say that he's a Talmid Chacham? Don't even dare. <laughs> Because if you raise your hand, first we will know for sure you're not a Talmid Chacham, and second we will know you're not humbled. Two problems. Because if you ask the biggest rabbis, they'll tell you, Ani Amaharetz, the Oraita. Why? The more Torah you know, the more you know how much you don't know. 
You know, people that don't know what the Torah is, they think that they already heard, they, they heard maybe 50 hours in the Rabbi Mizrahi, Rabbi Yosef Mizrahi app. 50 hours I learned this month. You know what a Chacham I am? 50 hours, you learned 50 million hours, you still won't be Chacham. 50 hours will make you Chacham. You know the Torah is wider than the ocean. So the Rambam say, who do you teach to serve Hashem with fear? I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to lose my life. I don't want to be cut. I don't want to lose all the good things, the blessings of the Torah. I don't want the curses of the Torah to go on me. Who do you teach? People that do not know Torah. The language they understand, be careful. You do it, you're going to chas v'shalom lose everything. You don't do it, you get saved. That's it. And since all of us are in this category, the only way to teach today Torah and to do Kiruv is to be extremely strict, to shake the heart of the people. Because by tomorrow, I promise you, you won't know 99% of what we spoke here tonight. That's Baruch Hashem, we have recordings, so you can watch the repeat. But one thing you will remember, all of you tomorrow, according to the Rambam, Mama Aritz. This you won't forget now. You also won't forget that Mechalel Shabbat, Mot Yumad V'Nichreta Anefeshais, things like this you don't forget. I was now where I stay, one person walked in, 59 years old, very, very wealthy, huge builder. Came to visit his brother, sat with me 10 to 15 minutes, quickly ran after that. <laughs> It wasn't planned to come for 10, 15 minutes. He made up an excuse in Iran. Why? He figured if he would stay another 10 minutes, he would have to keep Shabbat. Because I told him a few things. I already started to see in his body language that he gets very nervous. He gets very nervous. He realized, whoa, if this guy is right, I'm finished. That's what you have to do to every Jew you're in touch with, to plant the seed in his head. It doesn't matter how he reacts right now. Don't be panicked when he says, Oh, you fanatic, leave me alone with your religion. I'm getting out of here. Some people may even throw the chair when they leave. That's even better. You know why? Because the people that complain about the speaker, those are the ones that hurt the most. If there is a chance that someone tonight will become religious, it's the one that came to the, to the organizer. Why did you bring him? Why is he complaining? Because what the speaker say kills him. If he thought the speaker make up some nonsense, make up his own nonsense, he's not normal, he's, he's a fool, you know, he would laugh, enjoy the show, right? If I see some idiots teaching Christianity, I laugh. I know how dumb it is. It's a kindergarten religion for, for, for five years old. Every second word is a mistake. To see how they worship Jason and all these things makes me laugh. If he will come and say to me, you have to believe in Jason, otherwise you will, get, you will be burned in hell, I would laugh in his face. It wouldn't burn my heart. It wouldn't shake me up. I know exactly what I have over there. But when someone gets offended, meaning he gets hurt, that means he knows that what the speakers say is the truth. That's why he gets angry. Who is he going to get angry at? Himself? There is a verse about it. Ivelet Adam tesalef darko 
ועל השם יזעף ליבו. The stupidity of a person will turn him away from the right path. And who is he going to blame? Hashem. He's not going to blame himself for being, that he became a Chalel Shabbat or that he started eating not kosher. Who is he going to blame for his problems? God. What about taking responsibility? Ani Tzadik. You know these people in Israel? Kvod Arav. Ani Tzadik. Everyone will say to you, Ani Tzadik, you know, it's a very big rasha. Because a real tzaddik in the history of the world never did like this. Afilo Moshe Rabbeinu didn't say, Ani tzaddik. Tell Moshe, I give you a million dollars. Say, Ani tzaddik. Come on, what is this? Ani tzaddik? You ever saw a real giant chacham that said on himself, Ani tzaddik? So, the Rambam says that women and children and ame aratzot, ignorant men, you teach them to serve Hashem out of fear. Fear. Until they become wise in Torah. And then they will serve Hashem out of love. When they will become uh, wise? After a few years of learning. Learning many hours every day. Baruch Hashem, he gets the point. Now the love begins to kick in. Slowly, slowly, it doesn't need any more to fear. People that sit 10 years in yeshiva, serious, and learn Torah, I promise you, they don't think so much about hell or about losing their share to the world to come. They know, they live according to the Torah. You know, of course, they worry if they do something wrong. They want to do tshuva all the time. But they don't need now to live out of fear. If I do this, if I do that. Why? Because now they know their entire Torah, is, the entire life is Torah. So now I started to ask you, when you come, when you come to yeshiva or to a lecture and you don't understand anything, you don't understand, do you get a reward for it or no? It's written in a Torah that when you learn Torah, you have to understand. If you don't understand, what, what's the point? How are you going to know how to keep the mitzvot if you don't understand? You continue with your mistakes forever. So you have to understand. And once you understand, you have another warning in the Torah. Be careful never to forget what you learn. Someone that forgets his Torah, it's a crime. You come five years later, Moshe, remember we learned this Gemara? What was the opinion there of Ravashi? Oh, don't remember. You know why he doesn't remember? Because he didn't repeat the Gemara a few times. If he would repeat it a few times, he would never forget. Even people that learn seriously when they're young, when they get Alzheimer, Lo Alenu, in their late 70s, 80s, they forget everything except the pages of the Gemara. It's very interesting. I spoke to someone like this. When I spoke the Gemara, he remembered everything. But other things he doesn't remember. Things that happened yesterday, he doesn't remember. Something that happened 60 years ago when he learned in yeshiva, he remembered the page. Why is it? Because he repeated this Gemara many, many times. Even with his condition, he still remember it. So, Rabotai, I will give you a proof to the answer of the question I just asked. 
let me read it to you. It says like this, ארבע מידות בהולכים לבית מדרש. There are four categories. You can divide the people that goes to yeshiva to learn, or bet knesset, or kenisa. So you can divide the people to four different categories. הולך ואינו עושה, person that comes, sit there and doesn't understand anything. They talk about Gemara, he has no idea what's going on. But he sits there for an hour. He comes out, Moshe, uh, can you tell us what the shiur was about? Something about talit. Shnaim ochazin betalit. But he thinks he's talking about the talit of the shul now. He doesn't understand the concept. Someone like that. De gemara se schar halicha beyado. He gets the reward for the walking. It took him 20 minutes to remember, and people didn't have car 2,000 years ago. So either they walked with their feet, or they walked on a donkey. But either way, it took time to get to the Bet Midrash. You had to walk in the sun, in the rain. It wasn't like today you sit in your BMW, and in one second, you're already in a Bet Midrash. You know, they never heard of LA, New York, Beverly Hills. It was a primitive world. You want to come to learn Torah, it will take you sometimes an hour to walk with your donkey. Sometimes the donkey's leg break. You have to take care of him. You have to carry him. Big, big headache. So, you came all the way to the yeshiva, and you don't learn. Ve'eno ose. beyado. Ose ve'eno olech. You have a yeshiva next door. You come out of your house, two steps, and you're in. There's no walking. And you learn. You get the reward of learning, but you don't get the reward of the, of the walk, of the efforts. Tov? Schar ma'ase beyado. Olech ve'ose. Someone who walks far to come to yeshiva and sits and learn and understands. Chasid. Extra righteous. לא הולך ולא עושה רשע. Doesn't walk to yeshiva to learn, and he doesn't learn anywhere else. He's a wicked Jew. From here, what do we learn? Let's see who's clever. What's the conclusion of what I wrote to you? Huh? Who is considered רשע? Not necessarily a murderer. Not necessarily a מחלל שבת, or a rapist, or a pedophile. No, 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 not necessarily. Or a big thief, or someone who speaks non-stop Lashonara. That's needless to say. Someone that is, done, is doing all of that. Keeping Shabbos, putting tefillin, davening three times a day, say Kriyat Shema on time always, have great mezuzot in his home, doesn't worship any idols, watch his eyes, does not commit sins with the girls. Mamash, very, very religious Jew. He just doesn't come every day to learn. He doesn't come to learn. Chachamim define him as a wicked person. He keeps all the mitzvot, but he's rasha. Rasha. Lama doesn't come to learn. So what do we see from here? There is a say in the Torah. Limut Torah keneged kulam. You put all the mitzvot in one side of the scale, 
you put limut Torah, learning Torah on the other side, limut Torah is equal to all of them combined. Torah brings you to, to do all the other mitzvot. Without learning, you won't know what to do. So that's why the Torah is very significant. Lomed al minat l'asot, lomed al minat l'kayem, lomed al minat l'lamed. There are different kinds of learners. Some people learn in order for them to share their, their knowledge with others. That's very good. Mezakeh arabim. Some people learn because they want to do. They want to do what they learn. That's why they learn a lot. They want to keep a lot of mitzvot. How are you going to do it? Because you have to learn. Some people just learn to, for the sake of learning. They're not so great by keeping, and definitely they don't want to waste time teaching others. Selfish. Lomed, only for learning. Not al menat lelamed, not al menat lishmor la'asotul kayem. No. People like this, there is a definition for them. It's called kol shirato kodemet lechokmato, chokmato mitkayemet. כל שחוכמתו קודמת ליראתו, אין חוכמתו מתקיימת. Translation. Person has two things in him. He's a God-fearing person, and he's a high scholar of Torah. He learns a lot of Torah, so he has a lot of knowledge. Now we check him out. What's higher by him? His fear from God or his knowledge in Torah? If you can say that his knowledge in Torah is higher than the amount of fear that he has from God, nothing will be left from his knowledge. Soon or later, he would lose everything. Soon or later. If his fear from God is higher than his knowledge, his knowledge will remain forever. What do we see from here? What's more important? Fear from God. If you are a God-fearing person, you always worry, what should I do or not do, not in order for me not to get Hashem upset. That comes before everything. Now you learn a lot. The learning will have blessing to remain by you forever. But if you're only learning, 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 and you stay modern orthodox, 50% religious, 50% goy, that's what you want to be. That's a very big problem. What is going on? You're going to the theater to watch Goish movies? You just learned six hours Gemara today in Yeshiva half a day. Well, how do you go to the theater? Sitting there, Chilul Hashem, people see with your kippah, your, your wife with a kisui rosh, sitting in a the theater watching a movie from Hollywood? What's wrong with you? Listening to non-Jewish music, Goish music? I heard that in some religious weddings, religious, if you can call it religious, they bring Muslim singers, Persian Muslim singers. One person said to me, can you believe my cousin brought some Iranian singer from somewhere, I don't know from where, from Iran, from Los Angeles, I don't know from where. Goy, to sing in a holy Jewish religion, in a Jewish wedding. His complaint was, how come the rabbis don't do anything about it? That was his complaint. How come people do it? I don't have expectation from this kind of people. The question is why the, the chief of the community didn't do anything about it. He may have a point. Sometimes the rabbi know already the lost is lost before it started even. Talking to the wall. 
talking to the wall. Anyway, Rabotai, before I start what I really want to talk about, there is also four different categories on people that give tzedakah. Four different categories. You have someone that wants to give, he doesn't want anyone else to give. The rabbi say, we need a Sefer Torah for the shul. I would like everyone to contribute in a community. He comes to the rabbi right away, rabbi, I want the whole mitzvah for me. Here is 60,000, I pay for the whole thing. Hey, but I want other people to participate. No, it's either me or get it from the others. You don't want partners? No. You know how sometimes in Yom Kippur, when the guy sell the aliyot, his interest is to increase the donation to the shul or to the yeshiva. So sometimes he wants to do ptichat ha'echal. One person say 5,000, the other one say six. They now, so what does he do? Why don't you do it together, partners, five and five? One say no. Why do you care? You should be happy that the yeshiva is going to make ten instead of five. You should be happy. It's your schut. No. I want the whole parnasa for myself. If Itzik will also have parnasa, I won't sleep at night. That's basically what he says. So what does he think? That because he agreed to open the Aron Kodesh with another partner, two hands, a ptichat of the parnasa, that now Hashem is going to give him less parnasa. Because Hashem doesn't have enough. The million that he wanted to give him this year is going to have to go half of it to his friend or enemy or whatever you want to call him. This is obviously what? Foolishness. It's foolishness. I'll give you another example. Let's say you want to be a chazan. Why? You have a yorzite. You have a yorzite. Somebody else have a yorzite. In a, in a shul. The Gabai doesn't know what to do. Both of you in the same shul for 10 years. He's stuck, the poor Gabai. He doesn't know what to do now. He said to him, wow, two people have your side. They, they both want to pray. If you're smart and a tzaddik, you don't wait a second. You say to the other one, you go. Why? You're going to make a lot more merit to your father in Shemaim. Why? I let go. I don't want to create machloket. You go. No, no, you go. You know how it is in the highway? I'll tell you how it goes. You want to now merge from the service road of the highway into the highway itself. Traffic, rush hour. If you know New York, Van Wyck, on the way to JFK, it's a nightmare, this highway. So now, you're already stuck 10 minutes there in that block, trying to get into the highway. Two cars are merging into one lane. And... Your mirrors are about to hit each other. What is the argument about? The argument, the argument is what? The argument is about who is going to go one second earlier. Who is going to go one second earlier? Because after all, let's say your friend went one, uh, the other guy went one second in front of you. When you go to the exit, you'll be exactly three seconds behind him at the light. That's the argument. It's not about that. Ah, come on, no one is that s- 
stupid to argue about two, three seconds. The argument is about the ego and the anger. You're going to go before me? Oh, he's already have his hand on the baseball bat. The other gun, the other one has a gun. He's ready. I will, he's already ready. The gun, ready. Now, before you're going to get a bullet to your head because you wanted to go two seconds earlier than this fool, there is a much better way to go first. Just go like this. What's going to be his reaction? <laughs> you, you. Oh, all of a sudden the argument is different. No, you go first. No, no. Forgive me. You go. I'm sorry. You go first. No, no. No, no, I insist. Ah, a second ago you were ready to shoot me. Of course. So why all of a sudden he became so kind? Because you surrender to him. Once you surrender, I'll give you the world. As soon as you already put your head down, now everything you want is yours. Same thing in divorce. People come to me, they want to murder each other. Husband, wife, this, wow, the whole family is going to go down the drain. I said, you can go to a war, it may take 10 years, it costs you millions of dollars, the lawyers will drink your blood with a straw every day for breakfast with their cornflakes. What's going to be left with you? Nothing. You're going to have to pay, you're going to have children that hate you, and you're going to, in the end, lose anyway. <laughs> this is how it goes. Why don't you be smart and kind? Let's stay friends. Let me see how I can help. What's the other side who say, no, no, come on. We also have to carry from the, you know, the burden, the, the, the cost. This is usually works better. Head to head usually ends bad. Friendship, do it in a peaceful way. It works much, much better. So, there are four kinds of people that give tzedakah. Listen to this. One, greedy. He wants the mitzvah only for himself. He doesn't care that the other one won't have the schut. I care that it's all, he's become all his mitzvah. Go to Moshe, go to Yitzchak. I heard he did a good deal. <laughs> Why are you coming to me? I'm Badbach. <laughs> go to him. <laughs> you know, someone like that. Someone like that. How do you call him? Enora Abeshelo. He's a tsarain. You know, I mean, no, not tsarain. He's a stingy, kamtsan. Of course I will give. And Bezrat Hashem, I hope more people will join and give also. Chassid. Extra righteous. Very good. He doesn't have narrow eyes. No tsarayim. Lo iten velo itnu acherim rasha. I don't want to give and I hope nobody else would give. Rasha. I want to ask you a question. Why someone that say, go to Yitzchak, go to Reuven, I don't want to give, or he lies, I cannot give, why is not Rasha? You hear the question or no? 
Someone comes to you, help me out. I, I have to help someone, a big fa family, very poor family. Tomorrow Shabbat, they don't have nothing in the refrigerator. Why you came to me? I'm badbach. Go to him. Look at what the car he just bought. Look at him. Look at him. He gives him a list. Why is not Rasha? <laughs> because in the end, he was productive. <laughs> he sent him to other people. He collected. He has a share in it, believe it or not. So he's not completely Rasha. I want to tell you a story. There is one righteous girl, woman, older woman. One time, she calls me up. Rabbi, yes, I need immediately 12 mezuzot. Very good ones. I, no, I have. How quick I can get them? Quick. Tomorrow you can have them. Why? You don't have mezuzot? I know, it's a very righteous woman. A real servant of Hashem. You don't have mezuzot? No, not for me. So for whom? For my brother. I say, why? Is mezuzot is pasul? No. She, she talks half a cry. You know how the women, the women that half cry, half talk? This is the type of woman. But extremely righteous woman. Extremely. No. Not for me, for my brother. I said, why, your brother doesn't have mezuzot? No, he didn't have mezuzot. I said, what kind of a Sfaradi Jew doesn't have mezuzot? I mean, some reforming from Europe, I can understand, they don't put mezuzot. Well, you know any Sfaradi that doesn't put mezuzot? It's very, very rare. She said to me, no, he's very not religious. So I say, so how come now he all of a sudden wants mezuzot? She said, don't ask. <laughs> What's the first thing came to my mind? Cancer. First thing came to my mind. Probably got the disease. I said to her, what, cancer? She said, no, worse. <laughs> what can be worse? I said, worse? She said, yes, don't ask. What? Listen, listen, Rabotai, we'll learn a lot from this story. Today, in his office, middle of the day, in front of all his employees, FBI, Secret Service, IRS Marshals, broke into the office. Sir, put your hands behind your back. You're under arrest, money laundering, not paying taxes. Gave them a list of 20 different things. Meaning if that is going to be convicted, that's probably 30 years in prison. The list that they wrote, read to him put the handcuffs on him, and took him to jail. So now, I guess from jail, or before he went to jail, he made a phone call to her, and she said to him, you need to put mezuzot, you don't have mezuzot. So he agreed to put mezuzot. Then she said to me one more thing. She said, do you know how much money they froze in his checking account? No, I'll let you guess. How much money he had cash in his bank account? $50 million. $5-0. They took $50 million from his bank account. Just a few weeks ago, I came to him. I told him there is a poor family here. They don't have money for the holiday. Can you help them with $1,000? He said to me, why you come to me? I'm a badbach myself. I need help. 
I need help. Business was so bad this year. You know how many people like this I know? By the way, the Chachamim say someone that lies about his financial condition would not leave the world until he will be in that condition. In Englewood, New Jersey, there's a Sfaradi Minyan. My friend is praying there. He said to me, you want to hear what happened? So one Israeli crook came from Israel with some kind of a letter that is collecting money for his deaf daughter, yeah, the baby girl. She was born deaf. He needs $150,000 ASAP to operate on her. Of course, all the uh, rich people there, 1,000, 1,000, 2,000, 2,600, 1,800, collected all the money there in a day or two. Then they found out that he doesn't, he's not even married and doesn't have any kids. But two years later, after he got married, he had a baby, baby girl was born deaf. The guy said to me, I'm not going to believe. Now he wanted to come collect. I said, what do you mean? We gave you two years, two years ago, for your deaf girl. My, another deaf girl. <laughs> and they found out it was a crook. I had one time a guy knocking on my door in Monsey, New York. Israeli guy, knock on my door. Look religious. Hi. I say to him, yes, say, I'm collecting money. I see the Breslev, Breslev, if you know what Breslev is. I say to him, I'm willing to give you tzedakah in one condition. What? You don't use my money to buy a flight to Uman. Anything else I don't mind, whatever you need for your family, Torah, this, mitzvot, fine. But don't use my ticket to go to Uman. He said, that's what I'm collecting for. His ego got into the point. It gets, I, got, it's, it's, I just got saved from burning my money. If he didn't have ego, he would say, of course, sir, no problem. Take the money and lie. And go. Oh, It's not that he didn't want to lie. You're going to get the story in a minute. Just that I hurt his ego, that I disagree with his way. Meaning I, I'm not endorsing you going there and wasting your time. So don't use my money to go there. So he got angry. Why? What's wrong with that? I said to him, okay, enough. Yalla, goodbye. <laughs> but before this guy knocked on my door, now I remember. Okay, it was the other way around. Another person knocked on the door. You know how they come in groups? So one person knocked on the door. And he say, I said to me, yes. I said, what do you do? What do you collect for? He said, I collect for yeshiva. He said, which yeshiva? He said, Mevakshe Hashem. I say, in what city? He say, in Yerushalayim. He say, that's my yeshiva, I say to him. I don't remember nominating you to collect money for my yeshiva. <laughs> I ask him, who nominated you? You have a telephone number? Oh, wait, let me see, let me see. He's looking in the papers. I say, no, you're not going to find. You, collect, you made up a name of yeshiva and you come collect money? This is the kind of crooks who knocks on your door. So I say, Allah, get out of here. <laughs> then the other guy came. I said, before the other guy said what he's collecting for, I said, I hope you're not a friend of that crook. Why? Why are you calling him a crook? He's my brother. <laughs> Even to be a liar and a thief, you need some brain. 
Anyway, Rabotai, the question that I ask is why the guy that say, I cannot give, take from the others, is not considered Rasha, because there is a rule, Gadola Measeh, Yoter Minaroseh. If, in the end, thanks to you, money was collected, the question is, if you did not mean it, you just wanted to save yourself from giving, do you still get a reward? Apparently, yes. Because you see, they're not calling you Rasha. When are you Rasha that you do not want to give, and when someone else gives, it bothers you? There's not that many people like this. Usually people have a relief that they didn't give, but someone else gave. Like this, they will forget I didn't give. <laughs> if nobody gave, they'll remember you forever. But if many people gave, no one will remember you didn't give. Now, Abotai, I want to ask you something. All of you went to shul the last two Shabbatot, yesterday and the week before. It's the story of Yosef and the brothers. Unbelievable story. Yosef and the brothers, they're serious drama. Yosef was sold when he was 17 years old, get to, came to Egypt, 18 years old, they put him in jail. He came out age 30 got the ring of Paro, became the person who is in charge of all the money in the world for 80 years. Until the day he died, age 110. 80 years, all the money of the world was in his authority. He decided who gets food, who has to re repossess your property, you have to give your land to Paro, give to your animals. You want some flour and rice, we'll give you. Sign your property to Paro, sign your ship to Paro. How many camels do you have? Three. Okay, we'll give you ten bags. Give us the camels. Basically, Paro became the owner of everything. He got a great Jew. He knows how to think, business. And Yosef made up the rule, tax exam. Thanks to Yosef, we have this building here. <laughs> Thanks to Yosef, we have a synagogue here. Thanks to Yosef, we have another hundred synagogues here in L.A. and thousands all over the United States and in Israel and all over the world, tens of thousands of shuls and yeshivot and mikves and orphanage home. Every country in the world endorses this law, tax exam. People that want to donate to good things, or at least what they go in think is a good thing, like a church or a mosque, they're willing to let the people donate and the government become their partners in a mitzvah. Because now the government will collect a little bit less because they let you deduct the donation. Who the world learned this rule from? From Yosef. Yosef said to the Kohanim, the people that are in charge of the religion, they do not have to pay the 20%. Everybody else has to pay 20% to Paro. People that are busy with religion, they dismissed. That's how it all started. Now, Rabotai, Yosef wants to see how the brothers are going to treat Binyamin. Let's see if they learn from what they did to me. So he put the silver cup in his sack. Then he ch these people chased them. They found the silver cup in Binyamin's cup, of course. They didn't go out of the way to defend him. And they tried, but not, nothing out of the ordinary. So Yosef is now disappointed, disappointed from them. Basically, the same thing is happening again. When they come to Yosef, what's the first, say, the first thing he told them? 
He didn't say to them, how did you dare to steal from the, from the king of Egypt? How did you dare to steal? You're stealing my silver cup? He didn't talk about stealing. Yosef had one complaint to them. How did you dare to pay bad for the good that you receive? Shilamtem ra'a Meaning, how do you dare to be ungrateful? Chazal are asking why Yosef didn't complain that they are thieves. Thieves are dirty people. Thieves, to steal from people something is not yours, you're not embarrassed. It's such a low thing. Even secular people hate thieves. Look in Israel when they found a corrupted politician, how the people get angry. Why? People cannot stand thieves. Between two secular people, if one will steal from the other, they'll hate him for life. Even though he steals a lot more every day. Proud people hate proud people. Stingy people hate stingy people. Angry people hate angry people. Corrupted people hate corrupted people. Lazy people hate lazy people. Not modest women hate not modest women. Look at her as a cheap she is. You forgot how you looked last night in a wedding, huh? Look at her, how cheap she looks. Because in our, in our head, we understand what's right and wrong. When it comes to action, the Yetzirah kills us. You know, one time in Greece, the Greeks invented sport in the city of Sparta. That's why it's called sport. It came from Sparta. Olympia gave us Olympic Games. Olympia came from Olympia. It's all Greeks. One time there was a competition between Sparta and Athens. Sparta against Athens. One old man with a cane came into, <laughs> came into the stadium. He's a fan. He comes to the side of his, you know, one side is Sparta, one side is Athens. He comes to the side of Sparta, he cannot find a place to sit. Now one person got up and said, hey, old man, come have my seat. No one. So what did he do? He went to the other side, to the opposite fence. Once he walked there, one teenager got up and said, hey, grandpa, you can have my seat. He said, thank you, young boy. And what happened? All the fans of the other side got up and started to clap from that, for that young boy. So the question is, they admire the young boy who got up and let him sit. But now one of them thought to do the same. So you see that in them thinking, we know what's right and what's wrong. But when it comes to reality, we think what's in it for me. Therefore, that's why I always say that most of the problems in life comes from lack of emunah. If we would have strong faith in Hashem and full confidence that every word of the Torah and every promise in the Torah is real, we would fight to help others. Fight to do for others all the time. Why? There's no better investment than this. We would fight to save souls. We would fight to sponsor lectures. We would fight to sponsor books, CDs, and USBs. We would fight to organize seminars. We would fight to open our house for rabbis to come speak. And we would call all day to anyone we can to invite them. We would hang up flyers everywhere. Whatever we could do. Why? Because we know we are the only one who gain here. 
huge profit. Why we don't do it? Because we don't believe in what the Torah say. If we believe what the Torah say, believe me, we would behave completely different than the way we behave. We just, we have no emunah, no emunah. So, Rabotai, now, Yosef said to the brothers, how did you dare to be so ungrateful? The Chachamim say, from here we learn that to be ungrateful is worse than being a thief. Who does Hashem hate more? Thieves or ungrateful people? The answer, absolutely ungrateful people. To be a thief, it's a dirty thing. Ugh. But Hashem hates it, of course. But not as much as he hates ungrateful people. I give you another proof for that. When we came out of Egypt, two nations, Hashem got very angry at them. Ammon and Moab. Avraham Avinu saved Lot. He saved Lot. Without Avraham, Lot would die. If Lot would die, there would not be Ammon and Moab. So now there are two nations, and the poor Am Israel coming out of slavery, you know how it is. You just came from Auschwitz. You're going now in the middle of the desert. You need some bread, you know, water. Give us some water, bread. It doesn't cost a dollar. What's bread? They baked it at home anyway. Today you need a mortgage to buy sourdough bread, 20 bucks. Okay, today inflation, what can you do? But to bake it at home, it's not that much. So Hashem got very angry at them, these ungrateful people. Thanks to you, they have what they have, and they don't even appreciate it. They don't bring anything. They will never, ever convert to Judaism. I don't accept them. Does the Torah say that a thief cannot convert? No. Does the Torah say that a murderer cannot convert? No. I'll give you a proof. Who was the biggest murderer in the world before Adolf Hitler? Huh? Nebuchadnezzar, very good. Nebuchadnezzar was the right-hand man of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, 2,600 years ago. How many people he murdered? How many? 20 million people. But he didn't, it wasn't like you dump a bomb in Hiroshima and you killed a million people. No. You had to kill them with a sword. Bone and arrow. With spears. You know how long it takes to kill 20 million like this, one by one? Who knows? His entire life was busy killing people. Then he comes to the rabbis. Shalom, Kvod Arav. Shalom, Rabbi. Shalom, yes, how can I help you? I want to do tshuva. I want to convert and be a Jew. And what do you think the rabbis did? Converted him. The rabbis converted Nebuchadnezzar. If would be one Ammoni coming the same day to the Bedin with Nebuchadnezzar. You have Ammoni, a doctor. Doctor! Saves lives! Takes care of patients every day in a hospital. Devoted guy! He comes, hi! I would like to convert to Judaism, Rabbi. I listened to the Rabbi on YouTube. Baruch Hashem convinced me the Torah is true. I would like to convert. Listen, where, what nation are you from? I'm from Ammon. Go back home. Why? You're ungrateful. Your nation are ungrateful people. We don't want you. 
God doesn't want you in his nation. Him you want and me you don't want? Yes. The murderer is better than you. Because you are an ungrateful person. There's no, no one Hashem hates more than ungrateful people and proud people. Gaftanim. It's clearly written that Hashem cannot stand them. Gvalev otolo uchal. Toavat Hashem kol gvalev. Mashpil geima dearetz. As many, many verses. So a murderer can do tshuva and become a Jew. The biggest prostitute in the history of the world. Who was her? Rachav. Prettiest woman, who knows how many men she had in her life. One day she decided she wanted to be a Jew. Who did she marry? The greatest person in the whole world, Yoshua ben Nun. After Moshe passed, he took his place. Hashem say the children of Moshe cannot take his place. Who is going to take his place? Yoshua ben Nun. He is deserved it. So we have no doubt about what God thinks about him now. And who did Yoshua marry? Rachav. Can you believe it? Imagine the worst, dirtiest actress in Hollywood come now. She want to mar marry the chief rabbi of Israel. It would look like the biggest joke. There would be demonstrations in Bnei Brak. Shame on you. Resign. Resign. Move to England. Over there, they love wicked chief rabbis over there. Pro-gays and pro-garbage. Move to the liberal England. Here you cannot be the chief rabbi of Israel. But Yoshua Benun, and it's written in the Tanakh, and nothing is written in the Tanakh without Hashem's approval. So listen to this, Rabotai. A thief is not as bad as an ungrateful person. A murderer is not as bad. A prostitute is not as bad. Basically, everyone you would name, ungrateful person is the worst. Did you ever know it? That's why Judaism is all about gratitude. The entire Torah. Brachot before, brachot after. Tefillah, praising Hashem. Thanking Hashem, praising Hashem. Thanking Hashem, praising Hashem. Why? I want you to be a human being. First, to be a human being. Cannot be a human being if you're an ungrateful person. Someone does good for you and you stick a knife in his back. Someone like that? Now I want to ask you a question. This was the introduction to the punchline. After you heard what I just said, it's not me, it's not, uh, I'm just giving you what's written. Anyone here can raise his hand and say that he knows 100% that he is not ungrateful to Hashem every day of his life. I'm totally devoted and grateful to Hashem. I appreciate every little thing. I put shoes on, thank you Hashem, I have shoes. I put my jacket on, thank you Hashem, I can buy suits. Put my cheap watch, thank you Hashem, I have a watch. Get into my car, thank you Hashem, I have a car. Turn on the AC in 100 degrees, thank you Hashem, that I have AC. I made it on time to the yeshiva with no traffic today, thank you Hashem, wow. Thank you, I appreciate you opened the, the road for me. Someone called, they ask if you're interested in that shiduch. You're not interested. Thank you, Hashem, that people think about me. Do you know how many times a day we have to say thank you to Hashem? Minimum 10,000 times. Who does it? What kind of a future we have? We have to start waking up and work on our gratitude. 
you have to learn mizmor letoda by heart and constantly say it all the time. Mizmor letoda, mizmor letoda. You just had an accident. You didn't get hurt. The car is finished. Thank you, Hashem, I'm alive. Don't focus on the negative. Wow, I just bought this car a month ago. Look what happened to it. Now until I get the money and this and the headache. No, no, no. That's the, that's the way of the wicked people. The righteous people. Thank you, Hashem, that I came out alive. You broke your hand. Thank you, Hashem, I broke only one hand. Thank you for leaving me a hand that I can still do things with that. You broke your leg. Hashem, thanks a lot that I have this, uh, you know, what's the name of it? Crouch? Crouch. Everything, everything you can find positive. Everything you do. You have a son. It's not so smart. Thank you, Hashem, that I have a son. It's not the smartest, so what? You have only girls. Thank you, Hashem, I have kids. You're dying to have at least one boy. But Hashem didn't want. Thank you that I have kids. Meaning, I can always focus on the negative and always be upset. And you know what's the sad part? That you will be punished for that in the end. Being ungrateful to Hashem subjects us to responsibilities. There are consequences to it. You want to see the proof? Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu is the person that Hashem loves the most in the world, or maybe in the history of the world. Maybe. Maybe Moshe Rabbeinu, maybe Yaakov. He's in the top. Everyone agree with that, right? The one that Hashem loves the most in the world, He gives him the most miserable life. No one had such a hard life like Yaakov Avinu. His daughter get kidnapped and raped. It would break the heart of every father for life. That's it. His son, they bring him their clothes full of blood. A bad animal ate your son. Wow. Imagine now someone comes to you and says, a lion ate your son. A bear ate your son. Look at this clothes full of blood. You die right away from a heart attack. You can never function again. You need a psychiatrist for 20 years now to take pills just to be able to think, to function. Your brother wants to murder you. Is the head of a gang, the jihad. Esav, the head of the jihad, is looking for you to kill you for 34 years. You hide. 14 years you hide in yeshiva. Yaakov, you're such a masmid. You're not even coming out one minute. Too dangerous. Esav will find me, I'll die. Then you go, you'll fall in love with the love of your life, your shiduch, Rachel. I will work for you seven years for her. They, Lavan, the crook, made you work 14 years for Rachel, not seven. 14 years in the heat of Israel, taking care of sheep, cutting their wool, taking out their milk, bringing it to Lavan. Such a job. Even the Arabs in Israel already hate it. Some of them are still shepherds. You see them walking there in, a, in the mountains there, in Be'er Sheva, in the desert. Such a job, 14 years being a shepherd for such a crook that takes advantage on you every day. Then your wife gives birth, she dies, age 36. I worked for you 14 years. I didn't get to enjoy with you. Boom, she dies. But why she die? Because of one thing that came out of your mouth. One tragedy after the other. One tragedy after the other. Elif has come. My father told me to kill you. What should I do? You're my rabbi. 
take away everything I have. He cleaned him from all his assets. So a rich man, in one minute, Madoff cleaned him out. He has to start to build himself all from the beginning. Even clothes, he, did not, he left him with underwear. Imagine your nephew comes, robbed everything you have, clean your bank account, take away your cars, take away your house in L.A., leave you in the middle of a lake with your underwear. Good luck, uncle. What happened? Shir Lamalot, Esainai Learim, Ein Yavo Ezri, Hashem. Look at me. <laughs> I don't have clothes to wear. He left me with nothing. You see a body of a dead soldier, Goy, that died, floating on the water. Ah, Shtabach Shemo, I have clothes. He put the uniform of a Hamasnik. Hamas body, Ahmed, is floating on the water. Ahmed, thank you. <laughs> Take away his clothes. He looks like a soldier now. He comes to the house of Lavan. Shalom, how are you, uncle? Who are you? Ani Yaakov, I'm your nephew. You know? I came. Oh, good. We use you to be a cleaning guy. Clean the dirt of the sheep, take care of them. This is the life he had. So now he stands in front of Paro. He's 130 years old, but he looks like 200 years old. Rashi writes, because problems and trouble in life make you look older. It's affecting the person's look. I have a cousin. I'm telling you, I'm a witness to it. He was a general in the army. One of the greatest guys on earth, as far as Midot. I can count on one hand how many people I met with midot like he has, personality traits. Beyond words, beyond words, such a tzaddik. So he opened a warehouse to sell electronic stereo systems and stuff. That's before he was a Baal Tshuva. With a partner. Then came the Intifada. Almost all his customers were Arabs. From, the, from Gaza, from Judea and Samaria. The Arabs, each one of them owe, owe him tens of thousands of shekel, each one of them. There's no way, all the check bounce. There's no way to reach them now, there's a war, just like now. Imagine now, all the Arabs from Gaza and there, they owe you money, of course, they're not gonna pay you now, in the middle of a war. He went bankrupt. He had millions of shekels debt to the Israeli bank. And the Israeli bank, if you owe them 1,000 shekel, in few years it becomes millions of shekel. Interest on interest and penalty and lawyer's fees and interest and lawyer's fee. You open the computer next month, 20,000 shekel. Next month, 80,000 shekel. Next month, boom, already a number that you'll never be able to pay. That's it. He cannot get out of it. In one month, his hair was completely black. In 30 days, I saw him for the second time. He had full white hair. Do you ever see in your life such thing? In one month, his entire hair became all white. White completely. I say to him, why? What happened to you? He say, it's a miracle I'm alive. You know what I've been through this month? Baruch Hashem, thanks to that, became big tzaddik, Baal Tshuva. 
And slowly, slowly, he got back on his feet. Still not rich, still paying the bills, but he paid for the rest of his life. The court told him, you have to pay this amount every month, forever. And by the way, every month he pays, I think, two or three thousand shekel, and his debt growing. Meaning, let's say he owes now ten million shekel, he paid three thousand, next month it's going to be ten million four hundred thousand. That's that's similar to Mador Shvi'i Bagenom, the seventh section in hell. The seventh section in hell, it, you can see in Rashid Chochma in Masechet Genom, it's written, those who go to the seventh section never comes out of there forever and ever. Right away you ask, how can it be? No matter how bad a person did in the world, it has to be an end to, to the payment. Whatever, how many Shabbat he didn't keep? Count, one day the punishment has to be over. How many idols he worshipped? How many times? You give him a punishment for each time, eventually he will run out of a punishment. How, how can it be that it never finished to pay his debt? The answer is because when Hashem judges a person, he does not judge him based on his actions. He judges him based on the fruits of his actions. Fruits of his action. What came out of your actions? Do you understand what I'm saying here or no? Therefore, if you took one Jew and you turned them into a not-religious Jew, he was in yeshiva, was learning Torah all day, holy kid, he started to tell him, come, work for me, I'll make you a millionaire, drive my BMW, drive my Mercedes, you drove him crazy. And he left the Torah and he started to come work for you. And two, three years later, he became Halal Shabbat, and another year later, he married Christina. And five more years, he had already five Hans and all kinds of uh, John and Matt. A few different kids. What's your name? Josh. Josh? Yeah. What's your name? Chris Cohen. I met a guy like this. I said, make up your mind. You Chris or you Cohen? <laughs> he said, it's a good question. We have to depend what, who, which one of my parents you ask. You ask my mother, I'm Chris. You ask my father, I'm Cohen. I say, no, you Chris. <laughs> Why? Because it goes by your mother. You Chris, change your last name. Don't call yourself Cohen from now on. Why? Some, some modern Orthodox won't know, and they will call you for the Birkat Kohanim on Yom Tov. Ya'amod Chris Cohen Ben Moishe. Ma Ya'amod, it's a goy. When it comes to Avodat Hashem, what's better? To be strict and fanatic? To be very modern and liberal? Or somewhere in the middle? If you had to choose which one of the three to be, modern, pink yamaka, red shoes, tight pants like a girl, come to shul, 15 minutes is out there already, filat shmona isre, 15 seconds, baruch Hashem, magen Avraham, he's bumping into you. Hey, we just started. 
you know these people. Shows up, mamash two minutes before Shema, sits down, put his tefillin, he's already standing in Shemona Yisre, zero irat Shamai. Why you eat this meat from here? It says kasher. Kasher, the sign is kasher, but the meat is, is from donkeys. This kind of people. Obviously, that's not good to be like that, right? Everyone agree? You want to be like that? Baruch Hashem, you're normal. But to be uptight, strict, every little thing, machmir, this, that, all day like this. Your wife is afraid. What happened? Itzra came home. Shh, I have to hang up. The radar is walking now. The policeman giving tickets in the house. Why you will dress like that? Penalty. This, one week suspension from your bicycle. You, one week, give me your credit card. No shopping this week. All of you will eat spaghetti for a month. What happened with your children? They become Esav. Esav 1, Esav 2. They hate the religion. You make it bitter in their eyes. It's also dangerous. Let's see the words of the Rambam. You cannot talk based on your opinion. You have to bring always sources. The Rambam, the Rambam talks about mentally sick people. When I say mentally sick, what are you thinking now? Schizophrenia, manic depression, uh, there's many different, oh, pedophilia, there's a lot of mental issues. That's not what we're talking here, mental diseases. We're talking about us, us, mentally sick people. Listen, I'm going to read it to you. I don't want you to say, I say. Kach bnei adam, this is Rambam Ilchot Deot, chapter 2, Alacha Aleph. Kach bnei adam shenafshotehem cholot, people that their soul, their nefesh, is sick. Who is considered mentally sick? People that have desires and they love all the wrong opinions and they hate the good way and they are lazy to follow the truth of Hashem. It's very heavy on them according to the level of their sickness. And this is what the prophet Yeshayahu, Isaiah, says. How does he define this kind of people? Hoi! Haomrim lara tov velatovra. They define the bad good, and they define the good bad. For instance, Bachur Yeshiva, oh, bad. Businessmen, oh, good. Everything by them is the opposite. Modest woman, ugh, such a yente. A very not modest woman, oh, she's so cool. She's up to date. So, Rabotai, listen to the Rambam. The Rambam say, they call the Choshech Or, and the Or Choshech. Light for them is darkness. It's so primitive. It's so fanatic. And the modern fakers are great. 
those who allowed to be Michalel Shabbat, those who support gays, those who support all the corruption, they all love this rabbi. Those who talk against it, nah, it's, it's too scary. It's too much for me. They call the bidder sweet, they call the sweet bidder. Those people, it's defined, they leave the correct path, the honest path, to follow the darkness. Before we finished. How you cure these mentally sick people? It's talking about us. Some of us are with a horrible ideology. Very corrupted Ashkafa. You ask, you know how many people you have Yamaka on their head in Israel? You ask him, tell me. What is your dream? That your son will be an Avrech Kolel, who will learn Torah all his life, or that he will be an Israeli F-16 pilot in the Air Force? Do you know how many people with the yarmulke on their head, and some of them with a beautiful beard, would say, ah, it's a dream if my son will be a Tayas. Tayas Krav? <clears throat> wow, it's a dream come true. What about he's going to learn Torah all his life, be mamash a big tzaddik, big Rosh Hashiva one day? No, it's too much. Rabbi, we're not that strict. We're not so fanatic. You don't want your son to be a Ben Torah all his life? There's no one Hashem loves more than the Bnei Torah in the world. There is no credit of being Tayas Krav. It doesn't make Hashem love you. If you're righteous, He will love you. If you're wicked, He will hate you. The, the pilot part does not add anything. But Tanmit Chacham? Wow. It's the, it's the diamond of the world. No, he doesn't want Talmid Chacham. Why he doesn't want him to be Talmid Chacham? He wants him to be a doctor. He wants him to buy a house in Beverly Hills and a $300,000 Bentley. That's his dream. What is an Avrech going to be? He's going to drive a nice car. He's going to live in a mansion with five acres land. He's going to bring me honor that I can say my son is doctor such and such. No. Okay, this is the way the Goim thinks. This is the way the Chilonim thinks. But how can it be that people religious thinks like that also? How many people here in LA are single in their 40s? The only reason they are singles is because they are greedy and dying for money. That's the only reason. They could have been married a long, long time ago, but they didn't get married because they cannot afford a $5 million home. She doesn't want him. It's too religious for me. What do you mean? He's never going to give me the 10 carat diamond that I'm dreaming about. And the wedding in the Universal Hilton with the, I don't know, $250,000 wedding, whatever it is. So because of this stupidity, the people have no connection to Hashem. They're dying single. And then they have to pay for not bringing kids to the world. And the guy would say, what do you want? I was uh, trying to be a tzaddik. So I wasn't a millionaire. And every girl that found out that I don't have at least $20 million, she doesn't want to marry me. Who's going to pay the price? The girls. Who's going to pay the price besides the girls? Those who corrupted their mind. Who? The universities. Who sent the girls to the universities? Their parents. So they are guilty with everything. Because in the university, they'll teach them to be modern, to love gays, to love everyone, to love rich people, and to despite failures. Why you don't want him? 
Rabbi is 40 years old. He, he barely has $2 million to his name. What is he going to buy me? I don't want to drive a Tesla. I'm going to charge it every night? <laughs> True or false? It's not only in L.A. It's almost unfortunately in New York as well. How we destroyed our communities. How many families are broken before they were even shaped into a family. Sometimes the family is nice and Hashem Irachem, one day it gets broken. Okay, but at least you have kids. Something came out of it. Here you don't even give a chance to have a family. Some people rather die lonely, single for the rest of their life just because they won't be millionaires. And by the way, that's also stupid because the money is 100% in Hashem's hand. In one minute, he can make you a billionaire. So Yosef was in jail, getting orders. The next day, he's in charge of all the money in the world. Some doctors invested their life in medicine, came Hussein Obama in Machshimo, destroyed the whole world, and especially the medical industry. Many doctors, if they, if they knew that Hussein Obama will do what they do, they'll never waste so many years in medical school. Besides, without offending any doctors, my personal opinion, you have to be super, super foolish to agree to be a doctor. Super foolish today. Why? Because 99% of your patients will be wicked people that Hashem cannot stand. There will be lots of gays that are big criminals in the eyes of Hashem. Well, lots of Nazi anti-Semites, people who want to slaughter you. You have to take care of them. Ahmed, Mustafa, Saeed, you know, Mahmoud. They come to you, they see you a Jewish doctor. They want Jewish doctor, because they know who's going to cure me the best. Dr. Cohen, Dr. Levy, Dr. Rosenberg. But after Dr. Rosenberg will cure me, I will blow him up with a grenade. That's what they do in Israel. They come to kill the same unit in the Be'er Sheva hospital that a year ago saved their life. Sinwar that brought 1,400 deaths on us, everything that happened, Israeli doctors took a brain tumor out of his head. He was one week from dying. Another week will be dead is Hitler. Doctors had to take care of him. Now doctors in Israel are taking care of Hamas murderers who shot women and raped them. They are being taken care of by Israeli doctors in Tel Aviv Hospital, Be'er Sheva Hospital. You have to take care of those who raped your sister and murder your father. Who wants to be a doctor? Go to Be'er Sheva Hospital. Now one patient there is Jewish. All Bedouin wants to slaughter all of us and burn us alive. So even if you don't have to take care of these Arab terrorists and all kinds of Nazi with swastika and all kinds of French and German antisemites, who cannot stand Jews, in the end, you're going to have to take care of wicked Jews. All kinds of mechalalei Shabbat, all kinds of thieves, all kinds of corrupted people. So in the end, if you're lucky, one righteous patience, you're going to have a month. And 500 wicked ones. Who wants such a job? If you wanted to be a doctor to do good in the world, I understand, it's very nice of you, but you won't do any good in the world. You will only put the monsters back healthy on the street to kill more people, to rape more people, to hate more Jews, to burn more Jewish property. That's what you're doing. You're helping the Satan to accomplish his mission by taking care of all these horrible monsters. 
if the majority of the people in the world will be righteous, I will be the first one who tell you, go be a doctor. At least every minute of your life will be a mitzvah. So if you are a doctor in Bnei Brak, 98.5% of the people are Shomer Shabbat, Bnei Torah, Learn Torah. Almost every one of your patients is a tzaddik. There's nothing better than that. Nothing better than that. You're taking care of religious kids from yeshiva all day. What can go wrong? Beautiful. Beautiful. But usually you don't pick and choose. If somebody will come, I came to get a vaccine. Okay. Lift your, arm, your, your sleeve. You see a picture of Hitler, tattoo, with a swastika. You have to give him a shot to save him from COVID. What you should really do, give him a shot that I will never wake up. <laughs> what you have to do now, you have to save his life. That he goes back in the internet and brain the brainwash the world to kill more Jews. Imagine you have Bernie Sanders come to you for a treatment. What a nightmare. You have to save this monster, this traitor that wants all of us dead and the Palestinians to take over Jerusalem. You have to defend such a monster. You have to give him treatment. What a punishment! For a billion dollars, it's not worth it. If you have to take care of such monsters. My daughter wanted to be a doctor. She's a very, very brilliant girl. I told her, absolutely not. Forget about it. Once I gave her the reason, the argument was over. If she's smart, you know the truth. But why people insist to be doctors? For money, for honor, for the title. Some people, if you don't call them doctor, they get angry. Doctor coin. Okay, I'm sorry. I work very hard for this title. Makes sense what I say or no? You don't have to agree. But if you don't agree, you fall into this category of the Rambam. How do you cure the mentally sick people? Someone that is angry, you try, you start to teach him to care less about people that curse him and attack him. Until he becomes his new nature. One guy, one Persian kid, I was in Beverly Hills for Shabbat. Lots of beautiful Persian kids, how they became Bnei Torah, I love it to see it. Beverly Hills, in a kolel there. I came for the wedding of the tzaddik, uh, Aaron Goldfeis, you know him? The one who wrote the book, uh, Undisputable Truth. He's my student, I was able to, Baruch Hashem, bring this, this kid to Hashem when he was young. Look what he became. <laughs> In his early 20s, he's already a rabbi, technically. Already wrote a book that saves the life of many, many people and turned them into religious. So he, Baruch Hashem, all he cares about is to make people Shomre Shabbat. Anyone he sees, right? Or he cares, come on, I have to give you this, that. I want you to go to yeshiva. Well, I need $20,000. Don't worry about the money. You're willing to go to yeshiva? Let me handle the money. What am I going to do? Start calling all rich Persian. Help me, this, that. I wants to, Baruch Hashem. So one of the kids over there, he asked me, Rabbi, how do you handle all these people who curse you? The Muslims, this, there's a lot of liberal Jews who curses you. All kinds of people who, you know, they have different ashkafa, different ideology. So I say to him, for me, there are nothing but dogs that bark across the street. Wow, 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 that's how I look at them. Doesn't offend me. I learned over the years. I look at them like dogs that bark. When you walk on the street, the dog wants to kill you. How, how, how? He jump on a fence. If there was no fence, you'd be dead. 
Do you get offended when you go home? Moshe, why are you so depressed? Oh, the dog wanted to kill me on the way. He was so cruel, he wanted to rip me apart. How come you're not getting upset? If you get upset from the dog, that means you're not normal. You need a, 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 psychi a psychiatric evaluation. Why are you so upset? For three days you don't eat and you don't drink. I'm very depressed. The dog hates me. I don't know what I did to him. He's a dog. Some people are worse than dogs. That's the truth. They have no connection to Hashem. That's it. They live like another species in nature. There's no difference between them and all animals. Because we all have the animal part in us. The desire, the anger, the selfishness, you know, trying to get things by power, forcing it. This is animal behavior. The only way to become a human being is with Torah. That's why in Tefillat Shemona Yisrael we say, Baruch Atah Hashem Rofei Chole Amo Yisrael. We don't say, Baruch Atah Hashem Rofei Chol Basar Umafli Lasot. That should be in Tefillat Shemona Yisrael. Hashem is the doctors of the Goyim, He's the doctors of all animals. Why we downgrade Hashem's level by saying that he's the doctor on the nation of Israel only? 99% of the people in the world are not Israel. So that, there's 99% of the goyim, Hashem doesn't cure them? Hashem doesn't decide if Chris would live or die? Or if he will get cured or not? Of course it's Hashem. So why you only, we only give him credit for being the doctors of the Jews? Because we are not talking about doctor of the body in this bracha. We're talking about curing the souls, the nefesh, the machalat nefesh that the Rambam is talking about. In the beginning of Tvonat Tvonaisre, we already say Rofei Cholim. Matir Asurim, we say all the compliments. Rofei Cholim meaning all people, goyim, Jews, animals, everything. Rofei Cholim, everyone that is sick, Hashem is his doctor. Over there we speak about the bodies. Now we dedicate the bracha for curing the mentally sick soul from pride, from ego, from laziness, from stinginess, from selfishness. That's what we're talking here about. And the only way to get cured is with Torah. That's why we don't include Rofei Chole Goim. They don't have Torah. There's no way to become a perfect person without Torah. No way. So the Rambam says, someone that is angry, full of anger, you start making practice with him. Just look at them as nothing. Don't pay attention to them. Lo yargish klal. Slowly, slowly he get used to it. If he's full of ego, gvalev, proud, you make him, you force him to behave in a way that would bring him the opposite of pride. Look at him, he's a strange man. Look how he's dressed. Look, how, look at him. Why? He will get used to this kind of behavior of the public. So the Rambam gives an example how to do. But... Now comes the punchline and we finish here. So the general rule of the Rambam is don't be crazy. Be average. Don't be wicked, but you don't have to be too uptight. Too uptight, you're going to destroy your life, you're going to destroy your family, you're going to destroy your children. Now one person will want to be around you. Okay, you have to know the right path. Unless we are talking about one thing, you're not allowed to be average. 
you have to run away from it all the way to the maximum far distance. The Rambam writes, יש דעות שאסור לו לאדם לנהוג בהם בבינוניות, do not be average, אלא יתרחק מן הקצה האחד עד הקצה האחר, run all the way to the maximum distance. Why? What are we talking about? גובה לב, pride. When it comes to pride, you don't have permission to be proud one second a month. There's nothing Hashem hates more than this. There's no average. Listen, I'm not, I'm not uh, so proud, but I'm not so humble. I sometimes demand respect. Yes, Rabbi, I deserve it. Full of ego. I, I, don't, I don't dress a $10,000 suit and a $100,000 watch and walk like this in the street. Oh, Baruch Hashem. But I'm also, I don't like when people put me down. I stand for my rights. You know these people? What makes them fight? The ego. Rav Ben Zion Abba Shaul was in such a high level that he did not care when people attack him and he didn't care when people compliment him. Either way, it was nothing for him. It didn't affect him. Doesn't matter what people say. I only care what Hashem says. One time a big rabbi gave him all the compliments you can think of. העמוד הימני, הפטיש החזק, you know all these expressions? Who knows what it means, העמוד הימני? In every book, you see, רב עובדיה יוסף wants to give you a compliment, העמוד הימני, הפטיש החזק, צדיק יסוד עולם, אישר חילה לאורייתא, you know all these blessings that you have in ספרים? The endorsement. Nobody knows what it means. What does it mean, הפטיש, העמוד הימני? The right pole. We know the North Pole, but what does it mean, the right pole? I'll tell you what. You know when you have Sefer Torah, you have two sticks. You know how the Ashkenazim do Akbar like this? They have two sticks. When all the Torah is on the right pole, that means you finished it. Because you're done already. So when you call someone Amud Yemani, it means all the Torah is already in his head. That's why. When the whole Torah is on the left side, it means you only begin the Torah. Bereshit bara elokim. So that's the Amud Asmali. You don't want to be Amud Asmali. Left is always bad. To be a lefty, Hashem irachem. It's a mental disease. Believe it or not, you still have lefty traders in Israel who now march and protest for Hamas. Can you believe it? That's what they worry about. They don't care if Israeli soldiers, 152 already died to defend them. They curse the Israeli soldiers and they cry for Ahmed, the terrorist. Ahmed doesn't get his rights. So, Rabotai, if you see someone that he has ego, pride, the advice is to go all the way to the opposite side. You have to be the most humbled possible. And dress clothes that will not bring you any pride or some respect until you get rid of your ego. Once you get rid of your ego, you go back to normal, to average. But you have to take strict measurements to get rid of the ego. Because if you stay with your ego all your life, 
You are in a category of Tu'evat Hashem kol gvalev. Tu'eva, you know what Tu'eva means? Abomination. Abomination. You know what's abomination? What the people dump in the bathroom and flush, that's abomination. Tu'eva. Gaze, considering the Torah Tu'eva. There's a list of things in the Torah that Hashem, Hashem called those people abomination. I did not make the rules. Nobody, can, nobody should care much my personal opinion is. We're not talking here about... We're not talking about here uh, what I think or what any one of you think or what any other rabbi thinks. That's not what we care about. We only care about what Hashem thinks. Do you understand what I'm saying here? So when you have all kinds of modern liberals, fakers, talking on YouTube and making up nonsense... By the way, the Gemara says in Pirkei Avot, Cherev ba'al ha'olam for people that teach Torah in a wrong way. And today you have hundreds of them on YouTube. Destroying the world. Because of them, all the tragedy is happening now in Israel. That's what's written in the Gemara. Al ma cherev ba'al ha'olam? Why the Arabs can't stab us, shoot us? Shooting is also cherev. It makes holes in the body. For teaching Torah not correctly. For telling Mechalele Shabbat, Hashem loves you, don't worry, you're going to heaven. Where are you brought up this life from? For telling a gay, no problem, you're allowed to marry your husband. Hashem understands you. It's against the Torah, it's death penalty. There are people like this, here in LA also. And in New York, and everywhere else. In Israel, Baruch Hashem, not that many. Not yet. It's getting worse. It's a pandemic. It's contagious. Once you have one corrupted one and he gets fans, everybody else corrupted also wants to get fans. Like Santa Claus and his friends. That's what they do. They don't care. Truth, not truth. As long as it brings raiding. That's all they care about, raiding. Also, a lot of organization. They started very good. They wanted to spread Torah. But then they started to put all kinds of popular, popular heretic speakers. Why? It brings raiding. Ratings bring donations. Donation brings nice cars and nice home to the people that runs the website. So they sold Hashem and the Torah for, for PR. Cheap. Completely going against Hashem. I a few times told them, how do you put this one there? So they're kufir, they cannot count him in a minyan. They ignore the, the, the comment. Why? He brings them another 10,000 views every week. And this 10,000 views would bring another five, six, seven, ten thousand dollars donations. If they take the heretic out, they're going to make another hundred thousand dollars less this year. So they sell Hashem in the Torah, they murder souls with this heretic clown, but it brings business. It brings business. Do you understand or no? It's like a woman wants to marry a rich man that is a rapist, a liar, a thieves, a halal Shabbat, violent mafia guy, sell drugs to kids and kill them. She wants to marry him. Why? She's going to have a beautiful mansion and a nice car and two maids. So what do you, you don't care about who you're going to be the father of your children? No, as long as I have comfortable life, I live with everything else. 
You don't care the crimes he commits? You don't care the children he kills? No. It's his problem. I just want my beautiful home and the maids and the nice car and the shopping and the unlimited cards. So you laugh at a woman like this, right? The people that put these heretic people on their pages on social media are a million times worse than the woman who married the murderer, the mafia guy. Because the mafia guy, whatever he does, he does. But the people that put these people on, online and they share their videos on WhatsApp groups, every person who was influenced by this heretic infidel, it's on them. So from now on, when you heard from this infidel that you have nothing to worry about being Mechalel Shabbat, so you feel very comfortable with your sin. Till now, you heard some speakers who made you feel guilty. Now you heard this clown. Don't worry, as long as you believe in a Rebbe, you're good. The Rebbe is going to save you. Yeah, the Rebbe is going to save you. The Rebbe runs the world. Thousands of people speak like this. Yesterday, one rabbi showed me a video. I just couldn't believe that it's possible. Soon everyone will know who runs the world. Hashem is not, uh, doesn't exist for them. A nice rabbi, tzaddik, that, you know, was good, very good, but he's already in heaven for who knows how many years. He runs the world. He makes chiduchim. He decides which Arab would live, which Arab will die, which Jew will do this, which Jew... Can you believe this nonsense? You want to vomit. And you have people in the audience writing checks. Thank you for the beautiful speech. That's what's happening now. Rabotai, wake up. Soon the Mashiach would come and many people will not dare to show their face. And some of them you admire very much. That's when the fakeness will be displayed to the whole world. You will know who was real and who was fake. Who was real Ashkafa, who was fake Ashkafa. Who was really a servant of Hashem and who was a servant of his bank account. Who is a servant of Hashem or who worship his Rebbe? That's his God. We laugh at the Christian that they worship JC. You know, if JC would live today, he would be a very big Rebbe. He would have 200,000 followers minimum on his Facebook page, JC. You know how much Torah he knew? He learned in Yeshiva of Rabbi Yoshua ben Farchia. His Rebbe was a Tana. He kicked him out of yeshiva because he looked at the beautiful girls on the street. From all the people in the world, he wanted to show the pretty girls to his rabbi. <laughs> rabbi, you have to see. Look at this, this girl, how pretty she is. Rasha Merusha, you're looking at the girls on the street? Don't come tomorrow to yeshiva. That's how it all started. So when the Christian put this Christmas tree, happy birthday to JC, we make fun of them. When we have people around here with beautiful beards and sombreros, what's the difference? They admire also a man. Their man didn't know more Torah than JC, I promise you this. If JC would be here today to give you a speech, you would never look at me ever again after that. Why are you wasting our time with this clown? Bring, our, bring us this guy, Yeshua, Yeshua. Bring Yeshua ben Yosef, Yeshua ben Miriam. Ma, but he's a kofer. We don't care, but he's inspiring. Motivational speaker. Think about it. By the way, in the New Testament, there is a verse in the name of JC. 
that makes him better than all the 16 people in my blacklist. He's much better than every one of those 16. J.C. Wright. Everything that the Chachamim say, Chazal, you must listen to them. They inherit the chair of Moshe Rabbeinu. You're not allowed to, to move left and right from what they say. In the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 17 to 19, J.C. said, I do not come to contradict the Torah or the Chachamim. Anyone who will change one letter from the Torah or one mitzvah, will modify one mitzvah, will be cursed by the kingdom of heaven. And today, you know how many clowns on YouTube modify the whole Torah? Forget one mitzvah. Modify Jewish hashkafa, modify the principles, modify everything. And some of you sitting here tonight sending them donations and promoting the crimes and making Hashem even angrier. And that's what the Gemara says in Pirkei Avot, they bring cherev le'am Yisrael, lo alenu. All the tragedies and the wars against the Goyim comes from this kind of people. There are other criminals who bring other problems, like pandemics, other things. The Gemara brings a list. When you see that Hashem punish the Jewish people in a war, that the Goyim come and kill, what's the reason for it? Fake rabbis. That's what's written in Pirkei Avot, chapter 5. Check over there. By the time we wake up, I hope, you, I hope we'll still be alive. We're not doing so good so far. Every day many people died. Israel is completely bankrupt. In three months we lost what we made in 75 years of prosperity and success. We lost maybe $20 billion in the cost of the war, but there is a lot bigger damage that Israel is shut down. There's no events, there's no businesses, there's no tourists coming. Everything is shut down. Do you know how much we lose every day? From these fakers. That's the words of the Gemara. Don't say, I say. Read in Pirkei Avot. Mevim cherev laolam, this kind of people. Cherev on the, on the nation of Israel. Hiratzon bezrat Hashem. That every one of us would learn Hashkafa correctly, will have the right ideology, we will be devoted to Hashem, we will know what's, what's, uh, what's the most important and what's not important, we will know what comes first, we will attach ourselves to the real good holy tzaddikim that they don't care about how much you give them and, and how much you publish them and how, you know, they only care about Hashem and Torah and Tefillah. You see how they pray. You see how they behave. You see how they teach Torah. You see what simple life they have. They're not running after all kinds of luxurious things. They're not greedy, sucking the blood of the people. What do you do? How, how come you never gave me donations? You're coming here for 10 years. No, no, don't look for those kind. Look for those who only care about Emet. Once you have those, you never leave them ever again. It's very hard to find people like this today. But it only care about you. It gives you the advice that it's good for you, not good for him. The right advice, he cares about you. Give me your name, I'll pray for you. Let me give you an envelope. No, no, I'll pray for you for free. You don't have to pay me for that. Like Ravades in Yerushalayim. You come, you put an envelope. He doesn't know how much inside. Thousand, ten thousand. An American person come, pray for my daughter. She cannot have kids. Please, Rabbi, take this. No, no, I'll pray for her. 
don't give me the envelope. No, but I want you to pray every day, not one time. I'll pray every day. What's the name? Every day I'll pray for her. Don't give me the envelope. Well, maybe there's $10,000 inside. For sure, there is a thousand there. He doesn't want. Why? He's attached to Hashem. Attached to the Shekhinah. I see how he prays, how he cries every day in a kotel. He needs your money. For what? He dressed with the most simple things, sleeps on a very lousy bed, and all day learn Torah and pray. What does he need the money for? Give it to somewhere else. Doesn't want. Why? He only cares to be attached to Hashem. Money won't bring him closer to Hashem. All this greed, money, 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 fancy wedding, fancy car, fancy show, fair coats, expensive jewelry. That's not the way of Hashem. That makes you far away from Hashem. If you have a wife like this, don't fight with her. You have to talk to her slowly, slowly, with lots of love and patience until she will understand the severity of materialism and how it makes a separation between her and Hashem. Because every Jewish woman, potentially, she's a kosher woman. And she would not want the jewelry and the greed to become a, an obstacle between her and Hashem. For sure she doesn't want it. The reason she does it right now is because she doesn't understand the severity of this. Also men, not just women. Men also like their toys. Every week something else he buys. That's not a servant of Hashem. Servant of Hashem, the Torah comes before everything. No matter what, the Torah is everything, everything for me. Torah, mitzvot, tefillot. Then if Hashem sends me millions, beautiful. If not, also beautiful. Emunah, Rabotai. Bezrat Hashem will do it. I have to run to Beverly Hills now. Baruch Adonai Leolam. Amen ve'amen. Rabbi Hananiah ben Akashi Haomer. Ratzah, Kadosh Baruch Hu Lezakot